Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 65 of Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt, and I'm here to tell you all about WWE Raw. But before we get started, I just wanted to go over a couple things. So for What's up, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, all you wrestling fans out there. My name is Rain, and this is episode 65 of Wrestle Live Radio. The hashtag future WWE manager takeover part two. Now, in this episode, I'm going to give you guys a recap of what happened on the latest episode of Monday Night Raw on November 18th. But before we talk about what happened on Raw, let's talk about this day in wrestling. History, history, history. Well, this day in wrestling history, Batista retained his world heavyweight title against The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match at Survivor Series back in 2007. Now, the animal won because the rated R superstar Edge actually disguised as a camera guy inside the ring and ends up hitting the Undertaker with his camera. And towards the end of the match, Edge drags the unconscious Batista and puts him on top of the Undertaker. And the referee had no choice but to count one, two, three, giving the animal the victory. Now, these tidbits like this make me miss Edge. It's so sad that he is not wrestling anymore. I mean, he was the master manipulator. I loved him. I loved his heel character. But he had to retire due to, due to an injury. So, Edge, the WWE Universe misses you. And we hope to see you soon. Maybe just make an appearance. Obviously not to wrestle. But somehow, someway, you know, maybe he can be a part of WWE again. Now, let's move on to what happened on the Monday before the Survivor Series. Now, we kick things off with the man, Becky Lynch. And as JR, not JR, Jerry the King Lawler said it, the man is here. Now, Becky calls out Shayna and Bailey to pretty much just fight her right there in Boston. But obviously, this is the usual, you know, trash talk before a pay-per-view. And neither Baszler nor Bailey showed up to fight the man right there in uh, Boston. But as the man was talking, addressing the WWE Universe, here comes the Iconics. And they're pretty much talking about how they were overlooked. And they're, they feel like they should have been a part of Team Raw at, uh, to represent Team Raw for Survivor Series. But I don't know about that. I miss seeing the Iconics. I think they're actually funny. I love their shticks. But ooh, I don't know about representing Team Raw. But hey, you know what? They're the longest reigning women's tag team championships. So, hey, maybe they got overlooked, right? So, during this whole uh, back and forth between uh, the Iconics and Becky, it didn't really last that long because here comes the queen 
Charlotte Flair. And she reminded not just Becky Lynch, but also everyone that Becky is not the only one who's fighting at Survivor Series because Charlotte Flair will be leading Team Raw come this Sunday. And this is going to be a first ever triple threat women's elimination match at Survivor Series. So I actually have my money on Team Raw here because I I think the queen will be a good leader for Team Raw come this Sunday. So as Charlotte is walking into the ring, we see uh, Samoa Joe who uh, ended up joining the announce table. And uh, Dio Madden is still, or he w- he wasn't at Raw still. And if we remember two weeks ago, Brock Lesnar ended up uh, attacking Dio Madden. Well, he was trying to uh, pretty much make Jerry spilled beans as to where Ray Mysterio was. And then Dio Madden ended up uh, defending the king, hence him getting the uh, wrath of the beast, Brock Lesnar. So now Samoa Joe is in commentary, and let's get into the match. It's the Iconics versus the team of Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Now, we start off this match with a double team of the by the Iconics on Becky. And then Charlotte gets tagged in. And it's great teamwork by the Iconics, which is not really, you know, surprising because these two work so well together. And like I said, they might have been overlooked, you know, to represent Team Raw. Uh, there's going to be mixed comments about that. But anyway, as far as teamwork, you know, these two, Peyton Royce and... Uh, Billy Kay, I think they, they're they really good together. But anyway, the queen gets the momentum back and locks the figure eight on uh, Billy Kay. And uh, Becky hits the Bexploder on Peyton, Ro- Peyton Royce, who tried to somehow save her partner. So who ended up getting the victory? Well, it's the queen and the man. Now, as... Becky and Charlotte were leaving the uh, ring. Here comes Team NXT. Shayna Baszler with um, Maria Shafir and Jessamine Duke. So they ended up attacking the Iconics in the ring. And then Charlotte and Becky sees this. And they ran back into the ring. Tried to go after Team NXT. And they ended up in the audience area where the security guys stopped them. And this gets interesting because, you know, Charlotte ended up leaving and Becky got so frustrated. She punches one of the security guys. Oh, my God. The replay on that one. It was so good. I loved it. I love it when when the man gets so frustrated and she just tells you or shows you that you can never stop Becky. Now we go to commercial, but again, it's good to see the Iconics back. Um, We go to commercial and uh, we come back and we see Charlie Caruso Caruso, as she uh, interviews Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, who who were scheduled 
to uh, face the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team Championships. But their interview got interrupted by AOP. I'm not really sure what they said, but they pretty much decimated Hawkins and Ryder. So I think they, they, they sent their message just by showing what they could do on Monday Night Raw. Now, we see Carl Anderson versus Humberto Carrillo, and uh, we get a quick flashback of uh, Randy Orton telling Ricochet that Randy will do Randy will do whatever he wants and whenever he wants, wherever he wants. So, the OC addresses the WWE Universe. AJ claims that he was disrespected by Humberto Carrillo last week because he ended up pinning him in their six-man tag team match. So, that means that because AJ Styles got disrespected, the whole OC got disrespected as well. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson actually ended up talking, which was kind of nice because nice because I feel like I don't really we don't really get to hear a lot from them because AJ Styles is pretty much the mouthpiece of this uh, team. But uh, we go on to the match. Humberto's dominating the match, so the OC had to pull something together to help their teammate Carl Anderson. The OC pulled Carl Anderson out of the ring when Humberto was setting up for the moonsault. And again, this was the same move that uh, Humberto pulled on AJ Styles last week. So the OC was aware that, hey, once Humberto hits this, it's over. So they tried to distract the referee, but guess who came out to Humberto's aid? It's the Street Profits. So they evened out the odds, which distracted the OC, allowing Humberto to take a huge leap to take out the whole OC. Now, we go to the break after this, and when we come back, we see Carl Anderson gaining momentum until Humberto found his opening with a drop kick and a standing moonsault, but he, he didn't quite get the job done yet. So, Humberto still tries to fight with a high crossbody, but Carl Anderson responds with a spine buster. And then Humberto starts building momentum again, and as he sets up for the top rope moonsault, the OC tried to interfere, but as AJ Styles was distracting the referee, Street Profits helped Carrillo by rolling him up, all right, rolling up uh, Carl Anderson, and uh, Carrillo ended up uh, getting the victory here. So it's nice to see Humberto Carrillo ended up uh, winning again because I feel like he's on a good flow. So thank you to Street Profits for helping him. So from there, we see Charlie Caruso as she interviews none other than Seth Rollins. And she asks him about his match against Andrade. And Seth Rollins reminded everyone that it's Monday Night Rollins and not Monday Night Andrade. And guess what? 
he also reminded us of his famous last words. Burn it down. Oh boy, Seth, come on. <laughs> I think you need to... Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying burn it down, but gosh, you have to kind of mix it up. Maybe you can say burn it down somewhere in your spiel and not end with it all the time because it's so predictable. But anyway, Charlie teases that there's going to be some breaking news that will be re revealed later on in the show. I already know what it is, but you know what? I need you guys to stay with me <laughs> until the end of this podcast. So I'm not going to tell you what that breaking news was. So we go to break. And when we come back, when we come back from break, we see the Monday night throw up. Bobby Lashley and Lana. And Lana announces that she filed for divorce. And as she was announcing and addressing, you know, the, the WWE Universe, the crowd was chanting Rusev Day. But Rusev did not show up because Lana said that she also filed for a temporary restraining order, which she first said that Rusev cannot, cannot come within 90 miles from her. And then Bobby Lashley corrected her that it's actually 90 feet. And then Lana said that she, you know, gets all flustered because of Bobby Lashley. But I think she would try to save it because she forgot it was 90 feet versus 90 miles. But, you know, whatever. You know, maybe she could tell us, too, that it's also not a real divorce. Haha. -ha. Anyway, <laughs> so Lashley had a match against No Way Jose. Now, even though this match was somewhat predictable, I mean, Bobby Lashley dominated this match. Jose somehow tried to fight back because there's no way that he's going to lose this match, right? But like I said, this was more of like a predictable match wherein Bobby Lashley is just out there to dominate and end up winning, which what eventually happened. He locks into full Nelson on No Way Jose, and uh, he won by submission. So after the victory, guess what happened? The thing that everyone waits for every single Monday night. Whoa, Bobby Lashley and Lana ended up making out. Ah, I don't know what to say, because like I tell you guys week after week it's a monday night throw up for me so i i, I don't really have a uh, <laughs> i'm trying to find the silver lining here but you know what <sighs> it's just so awkward so let's just move on right all right we go to break which again thank you wwe for for, for always going to break whenever this, this whole awkward thing happens because it gives us time to, you know, kind of like reset and uh, go to the bathroom if you have to throw up or just trying to find ways to, you know, feel, feel like we can keep watching Monday Night Raw. So thank you, WWE. 
Anyway, we come back from break, and then we see a promo of Roman Reigns, you know, with um, obviously doing his uh, charity work with uh, the leukemia promo that he does. And WWE shows us. Um, it's it's amazing that Roman Reigns is is doing all these things because we all know what what happened to him and these young kids who are going through leukemia or any type of cancer. It's nice for them to see Roman Reigns who actually have gone through what they are going through, and he actually won the battle. So. That's a that's a nice pick me up segment. Now we go on to Seth Rollins versus El Idolo Andrade. Well, so here's the thing: Zelina comes in with Andrade, and uh, he should pretty much talk trash, saying Andrade will be the new leader of uh, Team Raw, as obviously she believes that Andrade will end up winning the match against uh, Seth Rollins. So this match, you know, it's a nice counter for counter, counter between the two. And at some point, Zelina Vega does her thing, which let me quote Samoa Joe, because he called her the creative encouragement for Andrade. But thank you, WWE, because... I thank you guys for listening to Wrestle Life Radio because I know I've rambled on this for for so many times that Andrade and Zelina Vega they need a new gimmick because this whole distraction that Zelina you know would cause Andrade's opponent opponent week after week it doesn't see it get it, it's starting to get old so what happened. In this match is that when Zelina tried to distract Seth, she actually failed. Seth caught Zelina Vega as she tries to do the Hurricane Rana, and then he ends up throwing her down on the floor. And then the referee sees this and eventually ejected her out of the the ring arena. Or the ringside, I'm sorry. The ringside. So... Andrade is now on his own, and the match continues on, and Andrade ends up hitting a high-risk move from inside of the ring to hit Rollins, who's watching Zelina leave. Wow. <laughs> I remember seeing that, and I had to I had to rewatch it probably for like maybe three or four times because I thought that was such a great move by Andrade. So we go to break, and then when we come back, these guys are still going at it. And um, Seth Rollins was actually building momentum. You know, there's two suicide dives from him. And then crowd was chanting, burn it down, burn it down. And then Andrade gets back his groove. Tries to hit the hammerlock DDT. And it wasn't good. It wasn't enough. And then Seth with a buckle bomb and a kick. And then Andrade holds the rope to break the count. And from this point, he did the three amigos, which I always, always, always love to see. Because 
Obviously, it's a great tribute to the late, great Eddie Guerrero. But it still didn't get him the victory. And then Seth tries to hit the Falcon Arrow. Well, he didn't try. He actually hit the Falcon Arrow. It wasn't enough. And then now everyone's questioning, how do you end this match? Because these guys are just going at it. Well, here comes the Lucha House Party to solve this problem. <laughs> Team SmackDown starts running in. Lucha House Party ended up pushing Seth Rollins as he set up on a top turn buckle. They started attacking Seth, and, they and then they attacked Andrade in the ring. And then Seth comes in to help Andrade. Lucha House Party ended up leaving the ring. And then Seth tells Andrade... That without your girl, I got your back, and we're doing this together. So that was nice because even though you know, Andrade wants that spot, that team captain spot, obviously, you know, it was nice of Seth Rollins to still, you know, be that bigger guy and tell Andrade, hey, you know, you may have wanted my spot, but hey, I still got you because you are in my team. So from there, we go to a medical update. Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins, who got attack, attacked by uh, AOP, they're not medically cleared to face the Viking Raiders that night. So, we're all left hanging with who's going to be facing the Viking Raiders for their main event. And then we see Buddy Murphy. He's in backstage, and he knocked at Alistair Black's door. He's waiting for him to come out, and we don't see Alistair Black. So Buddy Murphy walks away and, you know, pretty much he's like, you know, Alistair Black, you're just all talk. So he walks away. As he walked away, Alistair Black opens the door and he sees no one. So from there, we see Triple H arriving at the arena and there's a car right behind him. And you know what that means. Team NXT is on the building. And it was just a matter of time for them to strike. We then see a uh, WWE backstage promo, which uh, it airs every Tuesday nights on FS1 at 11 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. And guess who will be joining Renee Young and Booker T? CM Punk. So you guys, if you've missed CM Punk, this is your chance to see him each and every week. WWE Backstage on FS1. So now we go on to Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy. I like this Akira Tozawa promo um, when he, right after his uh, ring entrance. I thought it was super funny when he said something in Japanese. He sounded really mad. and He was so serious. And then he tells Buddy Murphy, good luck with a smile. I actually thought that was that was kind of like a cool um, comic relief uh, right before their match started. Now, I love this match, and 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 although I had high hopes for for Tazawa to win this match because I thought he did an amazing job just to showcase his talent, but obviously, you know, this was one of those matches we're in. No matter how hard the other wrestler, you know, fights, they ain't going to win, you know. But anyway, 
Akira Tozawa. Man, there's a, we saw Hurricane Rana, which tossed Murphy out of the ring, followed by a suicide dive, but Buddy Murphy caught him and slams him into the floor with a suplex. But Akira Tozawa got his momentum back. You know, with a super kick, an inverted Hurricane Rana, and a splash bound. Man, this guy was on fire. But the match ended with the Murphy's Law. Buddy Murphy ended up getting the victory. I felt really bad for Akira Tozawa because I thought he performed so well. He got this going. He had great momentum. But... It was more for Buddy Murphy to show that, hey, you know, I can get beat up, but guess what? I can steal. I can still beat you. Now, from there, we see Eric Rowan talking, or actually baby talking, to his pet. Hashtag weird. So now we see Buddy Murphy as he walks backstage, and he attempts to knock on Alistair Black's door, but guess what? Alistair Black opens the door and he ended up giving Buddy Murphy a death stare. So we're going to see what's going to happen between these two guys. I'm actually excited because if you guys uh, remember last week, I actually said that, hey, WWE, please, 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 please. We're tired of just seeing Alistair Black talk and do his promo. Let this guy fight. And not just one of those matches we're in. He dominates his opponent. No, put him in a good match against a great competitor. So I hope something flourishes between Alistair Black and uh, Buddy Murphy. Because I think you know these guys against each other would be a good uh, fight. So now... Eric Rowan comes out with his uh, cage, with his pet. <laughs> I don't know why he said it that way. With his pet. There we go. He puts it down on the steel steps, you know, because he's going to have a match. So he just puts it down on the steel steps, which to me, I found it weird because if you are so worried about your pet, why would you put it there where it, it's pretty much in, in the way of danger? And. Obviously, I'm right because here comes the Singh brothers running away from our truth, and they almost well, it didn't really seem like they they were gonna get or they were gonna hit the cage, but they were close to it. And Eric Rowan got scared, so what did he do? He hits uh, the Singh brothers with a massive clothesline, and now <laughs> we go on to the match. Oh boy, I felt bad for uh, the guy who faced uh, Eric Rowan because he picked him up. Um, I believe his name is uh, Alex Malcolm. He Eric Rowan picks up Alex Malcolm and then uh, throws him at the Singh brothers. Oh, and he didn't stop there. He gets out of the ring and then slams all three of them. And then towards the end, he slams... Um, Alex Malcolm into the middle of the ring and he gets the victory. I felt bad, not just for the Singh brothers, but also for Alex Malcolm because Eric Rowan just dominated this match, which again, 
you know, what do you expect? You know, it's Eric Rowan. You know, he's, he's right now. I feel, I feel like he's kind of like on that streak of just pretty much dominating his competitors. Well, they've just been giving him, you know, competitors who are pretty much just bound to lose uh, from him. So that I wasn't really expecting for Alex Malcolm to win on that one. But from there, we go to Charlie Caruso as she interviews Randy Orton about working together with his teammates at Survivor Series. Now, this is this is an interesting interview because Randy Orton pretty much said that he works with people or with with um, with other wrestlers that will benefit him. He pretty much ended up challenging the Viking Raiders, who, again, ended up not having their competition available anymore thanks to AOP. So Randy Orton ended up challenging the Viking Raiders for their Raw Tag Team Championships. And he said that he's going to be picking his tag team partner, and he will reveal it later on um, at the main event. But he told Charlie Caruso that, hey, he will pick a partner that will benefit him. Who's it going to be? I do know, but I'm not going to tell you guys yet. (laughs) So now we go to Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. But before I tell you guys what happened uh, between KO and Drew McIntyre, let let me just thank Samoa Joe for bringing up that the matches tonight on Monday Night Raw were not good for team building activities. Because if you look at the card, I mean, <laughs> the matches were pretty much, you know, the, the team members against each other. And especially as we go into Kevin Owens versus uh, Drew McIntyre, man, these guys, I this actually was the match of the night for me. And, and let me tell you why. Because... These guys showcased what they could do for Team Raw as they destroy each other. You can argue with me that that might be good, you know, to see what what these two can do for Team Raw. But I think it was bad because in in the end, they're going to have to team up to defend their brand. And, and if they ended up destroying each other a few days away from Survivor Series, then what's the point of, of being great with defending your, your team? Because you might not be able to because you guys destroyed each other, right? So anyway, we see you know a KO corner cannonball to McIntyre, and then McIntyre slams KO from the ring apron into the barricade and then we go to break and then when we come back McIntyre was dominating the match but KO builds momentum again hits the cannonball from the ring apron to knock out McIntyre outside of the ring so again these guys they're just destroying each other. It doesn't matter if their team teammates come this Sunday at Survivor Series. 
they want to win the match for themselves. So the back and forth between these two, we got the Glasgow kiss, super kick from Kevin Owens, a huge fireman's carry, um, a fireman's carry slam from uh, Drew McIntyre. I still call this an FU uh, because this was John Cena. That was John Cena's finisher before, but um, it was pretty much the fireman's carry and then you know slam from McIntyre to Owens onto the ring apron. And then KO makes it back into the ring with uh, around the eight-second count of the referee. And so the match continues on. And, you know, the, the crowd started chanting, this is awesome. Because guess what? Yes, that match was awesome. Even though they're destroying each other. <laughs> I don't know what good that ends up bringing to a team raw but man that match was awesome so they keep going back and forth each other a senton bomb claymore kick and this is actually good because after the claymore kick kevin owens ended up holding the rope which obviously helped him you know still stay alive and then a huge uh ddt from mcintyre and in a second Stunner from KO. And then the game. Triple H comes out. And now you wonder, oh my God, what's going to happen? So from there, Triple H started talking. But obviously this match, we didn't end up having a winner. Because Triple H ended up coming out. And um, he pretty much started talking to uh, Kevin Owens and he pretty much reminded him of how Kevin Owens was the oddball, how Kevin Owens did not fit in the mold and, 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 and Triple H loves that. And so it seems like Triple H was trying to do what he did with Seth Rollins a few weeks ago where and he's trying to convince Seth that hey you know I still see the fire in you blah 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 and 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 you know let me help you find that passion again he's doing the, sh the same spiel with Kevin Owens and he he even added that Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon his brother-in-law fired Kevin Owens after he got taken away from NXT. The thing is, Triple H's point was because Kevin Owens did not fit the mold, KO's teammates pretty much did not give a damn about him. You know, because obviously um, no one has tried to come out and kind of back him up because at that point, Triple H was talking to Kevin Owens and you see a couple of guys from NXT just pretty much guarding the ring. And then... Here comes the OC, because more and more guys from NXT started coming out, attacking KO. The OC comes in to the rescue. So I don't know about Triple H saying that no one wants to back up uh, Kevin Owens, but hey, here comes the OC, even though they're kind of like trash talking you know, other members of the Raw roster specifically Humberto Carrillo, they're still standing up for the other um, 
members of Monday Night Raw. So now we go to break, and then when we come back, Charlie Caruso gives us the breaking news. Number one, AJ Styles will be defending his United States Championship against against Humberto Carrillo. And, but wait, there's more. There's another uh, breaking news, and for that second breaking news, Charlie Caruso tosses it to one of my all-time favorites, Mr. Paul Heyman. And Heyman gives us a recap of the whole Lesnar-Mysterio rivalry. And he pretty much cleared up the rumors that Brock got injured from Rey Mysterio's attack a couple weeks ago. So Heyman announced the stipulation for their match for at Survivor Series. So it's going to be a no-holds-barred match for the WWE Championship. Now here... Here is Heyman's spoiler. It's going to be a public torture session. So, come this Sunday, it's either a miracle for Rey Mysterio or a massacre from Brock Lesnar. And then from there, Rey Mysterio reacts as he talks to Charlie Caruso. But... First, he actually commends Humberto Carrillo of what he's been doing and how Humberto Carrillo is making the Latino community proud of him. So Ray pretty much said that the stipulation benefits him more than it benefits Brock. And that it's not just about an apology for him, because now he's also after the WWE Championship. And he's pretty much dedicating his match to his son, Dominic. Now, here comes the Kabuki Warriors, and uh, Asuka is set to compete against Natalia. So when we come back from break, we see Natalia walk in, and uh, if you guys remember, last week, Natalia missed the uh, Women's Tag Team Championship match against the Kabuki Warriors. She was supposed to uh, team up with Charlotte Flair, so she was replaced by Becky Lynch because Natalia had to... Um, take care of some family obligations. So, um, according to Vic Joseph, that was actually the first time for Asuka and Natalia to have a one-on-one match against each other on Monday Night Raw. So, I never realized that, but, you know, when I heard that, I just pretty much said, why just now? Because I actually liked how the match went, although it wasn't the best, but it was a nice back and forth, back and forth between the two. I mean, Asuka seems frustrated, and she was just yelling throughout the match, which to me was kind of like I wasn't used to that. But I mean, I've heard her, you know, get all frustrated before, but it's just, I guess. It comes with the new attitude of Asuka and Kyrie Saint anyway. So, and just to remind you guys, these two, plus Kyrie Saint, they will all be teammates to represent Raw, Team Raw at Survivor Series. So here comes another example of, of what Samoa Joe was talking about during um, KO versus McIntyre match, that 
Raw's card was mostly the people who would represent Team Raw, right? But there are pretty much like fighting each other before Survivor Series. So that's what's happening too uh, between Asuka and Natalia. So Kyrie Sane tries to distract Natalia, but Natalia responds by slamming Asuka to the barricade. But Asuka's kick connects to Natalia as she comes back to the ring, and then Asuka gets the victory. And no green mist tonight, so Asuka did not win by spewing green mist, the green mist to uh to Natalia. So now here comes the main event. Randy Orton comes in. And I know I've thanked WWE for, for you know the things that happened this past Monday on uh on Raw because boy they listen a lot to Wrestle Life Radio because I mentioned last week that there's two things that I like about Randy Orton. Number one, the RKO, and number two, his ring entrance. So WWE, thank you for keeping up with Wrestle Life Radio and for listening to us because you guys showed us that that whole ring entrance of Randy Orton. Uh. Amazing. Anyway, after Randy's entrance, here comes the Viking Raiders, which to me, I was like, well, why the Viking Raiders first instead of Randy's partner or tag team partner, right? It's it's like weird, but obviously it adds to the suspense of who is it going to be, right? So after the Viking Raiders, here comes ricochet and i am <laughs> i'm actually shocked that i never guessed that brandy orton would pick ricochet but you know it was a great pick by randy orton because like like what he said earlier in his interview with charlie caruso he will pick a partner that will benefit him so here comes the raw tag team championship match between Randy Orton and Ricochet versus the Viking Raiders. Ricochet and Eric started off the uh, the match and as Ricochet bounces off the ropes to hit Eric who's outside of the ring, Randy tags himself in which worked out so well because Eric caught Ricochet and Orton hits Eric from behind. So great teamwork between Randy and Ricochet. Meanwhile, Ibar tries to help Eric, but Randy says no, no, as he uh, hits Ibar with his forearm. So these guys go at it um, outside of the ring, and then we see Team SmackDown as they attack the rest of the Raw roster backstage. So from there, we go to break, and then we go back from commercial. So we're back to seeing Randy Orton, Ricochet versus the Viking Raiders. So it's a nice showdown between Ricochet and Ibar, because it's like they're copying each other's moves. So that was actually, that was that was really nice to see, because <laughs> it was, it seemed like an acrobatic showcase for me, but um, I thought it added it added a good touch to their match. 
So Ibar starts taking care of the match for his team, but vintage Orton, he finds his opening and hits Ibar with a DDT. And as Randy was setting up for the RKO, oh no, Team SmackDown crashes in and attacks Team Raw. So Team SmackDown had enough of Team Raw, who's left standing in the ring. You know, after they attack them, they're like, hey, you know what? That's it. We proved our statement, blah, blah, blah. They started leaving the ring. But then here comes Team NXT attacking Team SmackDown. So it's it's crazy because there's more people from NXT that came out. And, and Randy hit the double RKO and Ricochet with a recall. But man... They were outnumbered. And we hear, burn it down. Here comes Seth Rollins with the rest of the Raw roster. And it was an all-out chaos. And watching this whole thing happening, man, I thought to myself, why was Team Raw outnumbered in their own turf? And as this whole thing was happening. Here comes Triple H, and he pretty much sends a message that this was just the beginning. That NXT is the A brand of the WWE, and NXT will have an open door come this Wednesday. So Team Raw and Team SmackDown, you guys can bring it. Whew. And then we end the night by seeing Team Raw along with Team SmackDown, who attacked Team Raw, get outnumbered and decimated by Team NXT. Wow. Where do I begin with my grade? Because I came from <laughs> a high grade last week, and, and I think this week, I think I'm going to give it a B. And I'm still being nice. I think I could go, <laughs> I could I could give this uh, a grade lower than a B, but I'm giving it a B because I thought, you know, there were still some good matches. But what I didn't like was all of these good matches got interrupted by either Team SmackDown or Team NXT, which is obviously... It's, you know, trying to promote Survivor Series that's going to happen this Sunday. But it would have been nice if we actually had one match we're in. It wasn't interrupted by any of these, you know, takeovers. Because towards the end of the night, it just became more predictable. Because I noticed that the matches were in, okay, I can't tell who's going to win. I can't tell who's going to win. And here comes... Team SmackDown or Team NXT just crashing in, just pretty much ambushing the Raw um, mem members of Monday Night Raw who were fighting against each other. Um, however, like I said, I'm trying to find a silver lining on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I thought it was really nice that Zelina Vega got ejected, you know, because again, I've been saying that I think 
their gimmick of Zelina trying to distract Andrade's opponent, opponent, I think it's starting to get old. So thank you again, WWE, for listening to Wrestle Life Radio and making it different this week by um, letting the referee eject Zelina Vega out of the match between Seth Rollins and Andrade. Now, again, Lashley and Lana, Monday Night Throw Up, whatever. <laughs> um, and let me talk again about the whole Team Raw matches, man. The whole card. The, the matches were pretty much Team Raw versus Team Raw. I mean, yeah, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair teamed up. But you know what? It seemed like there weren't really a good team anyway. I mean, they were still talking trash to each other, but you know, they try to be, they try to work together for team raw. Um, you got uh, Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre, Natalia versus Oscar. I mean, Lord have mercy. Those matches were not a team building <laughs> kind of match. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> Team Raw got outnumbered on their own show, which to me, it makes me wonder why. And, and, and please let me, let me bleep myself here. What the? <laughs> because I, I, I don't understand it. Why were they outnumbered on their own show and their own turf? I do not get it. Where were the rest of the uh, superstars of Monday Night Raw? How come, you know, when Team SmackDown, I guess because it's Team SmackDown plus Team NXT, but the, the thing is, I didn't, I don't think there were that many superstars from SmackDown anyway that attacked Team Raw. So it's mostly Team NXT trying to send a message. So I don't know. I thought it was a poor card because. It was literally, you know, Team Raw versus Team Raw trying to destroy each other. And and don't tell me that this is this is to showcase what what they have to offer and and how they're going to defend Team Raw come this Sunday at Survivor Series because these people are competitors. I mean, and they're not going to see each other as if they're facing. You know, if, if they're in a match against each other, they're not going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to team up with you this Sunday, so don't worry. I am not going to destroy you tonight. No. At the end of the day, that match, they want to win that match for themselves. I mean, KO and, 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 and Drew McIntyre just trying to, do, not trying, just destroying each other. And we're, we're what? We're like six days away from from a survivor series and you have two of, of the members who were supposed to represent your brand destroying each other. I don't know why the card was like that um, on Monday night raw before survivor series, but I thought it wasn't, it wasn't a good idea. Like what Samoa Joe said, it wasn't a great team building activity. So anyway, that was my rant. That was my recap. That was the uh, review of the hashtag future WWE manager.
All right, let me tell you guys where you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at WWE What If or on Twitter at WWE underscore What If. And if you guys haven't checked out my videos on YouTube, you can check them out. I have my uh, recap and, um, and pay-per-view predictions on my YouTube channel. Plus... I also have some uh, wrestling promos available for you guys to see. It's youtube.com slash WWE What If. And of course, please, please, please keep listening to Wrestle Life Radio. You can find it on radiopublic.com or any of your favorite podcast platforms. And please do follow Wrestle Life Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. You guys, thank you so much again for hanging out with me. This has been Rain, and this is episode 65 of Wrestle Life Radio, the hashtag future WWE manager takeover part two. Until then, TTYL, Jabronis. I just, I just, I just don't get it. It's just so frustrating because this was one of the best Raws in a long, long time as far as in-ring goes. And I, what, what's with all the, the, the non-finishes? It blows my mind. Ugh, it just drives me nuts. So if I guess if I were to grade this show, I mean, I can't give it a good grade because of all the non-finishes. It just, I, and I know I'm the guy that says, I've said, I've said it in multiple shows, if there's good wrestling, I can deal with it. I can deal with all the crap. But when good matches don't finish, ugh, this blows my mind. I can't deal with it. I... I'm going to have to give it a C plus. And I wanted to give this Raw a better grade because I really enjoyed it. But you can't have three major matches with non-finishes. You can't do it. <sighs> anyway, this has been episode 65 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me for this last hour. I know I kind of rambled on a bit, but, you know, sometimes things like that happen. You can follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. You can follow me. At Wrestle Life Matt on both. You can follow Chris at Wrestle Life Heel on Twitter, Kyle at Kyle.Pauly on Instagram, and then listen to us where you're listening to us now. You can also find us on Radio Public, Google Play, iTunes, basically anywhere you get your podcast fix. Like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. We appreciate you very much, guys. Thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. And remember, as I said in the episode, anger does not make the peanut butter jar open faster. Man, imagine hearing that quote without any context, huh?